just river kids Picking up stones like David did Watching them long necks break off a freight train bridge We went to church in a Detroit car Our daddies drank draft at the local bar With an aching back just like old granddad did And we like cold cake beer Fixing up trucks Old bird dogs and the woman we love Maxwell has steaming out of a coffee cup We say our prayers send them to the sky Bust our banks barely getting by Carolina to California up to Illinois Yeah, there's guys like us Blue-collar boys Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Marcus Show. Bro, I am your host as I am every single time Marcus himself and as always I am brought to you with my partner in crime, my number two, to Stefan Diggs, to my Josh Allen, Ryan, Ryan buddy, how's it going? Great, Mark, and I love that analogy you just used. It's a good one. Two guys are so good. So good, so good. So we'll... The reason that I used them and 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 uh, the reason I brought them up as as our comparison for the day is we're gonna get into the Bills because I'm uh, I'm kind of vicariously living through the Bills a little bit this year. Um, I've been watching them very closely for the past like I want to say even before they got Josh Allen when their defense was really good the first year McDermott was there and they had Tyrod Taylor uh, and they made the playoffs. Yeah, um, that was the same year that the it was the Jesse James catch, not catch um, yeah. because because things would have changed like very like things sort of flipped on their heads. I'm not going to get into it anyway. Um, I, I, I feel where you're coming. With but that, si- but since then, then they drafted Allen. And then since then, yeah, things like have the kind of year. Yeah. And then they slowly they put weapons around them. You know, mm-hmm. they got they gave him Beasley and John Brown. And then, yeah, you know, he they got him Stephon Diggs and boom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um. But we'll we'll kind of get this out out uh, in the open before um, mm-hmm. we are recording on Wednesday um, because yeah. Steelers Browns is Thursday. Um, and two of us are not going to miss that game. No, no. Usually we can kind of multitask and like have a game on or follow a game while we're doing this. But not I, when it's our team. Yes, we both kind of decided that like, hey, because this is our teams, like let's not do that, which is going to be good in the end. So. Um, we're not going to uh, like really preview the game much no, to say. And it, time it comes out, the game will be over. Yeah, and so not like you know, and it's not because I I would be afraid that we would start yelling at each other about it. I think that we have like <laughs> we have, we kind of have more level heads when it comes to NFL football than it does college football. Like I would um, agree with that. So I, like one hundred and ten percent agree. Yeah, and I think it's because week to week it doesn't. It's not as any given Sunday. Yes, it's as not this past Sunday. Yes, you know, told us. But you brought up a good point, and you asked me, uh, like before we started recording, um, what did I think about the Steelers last week coming into this week? And so I, I I'm going to kind of give some of my thoughts about that, and then you can kind of give some on the the Browns, and I think that from that anybody listening can kind of look through the weeds about how we feel about this game coming up. So, um, obviously. Uh, TJ Watt going on the IR is huge. I, I knew, and you know, I don't know. 
optimistic fans are like, you know, he's one guy, but that one guy, I mean, you can count on one hand the guys that have the same impact right. on the defensive side of it's the ball. It's equivalent to the Browns not having Miles Garrett yeah. or playing. Yeah, it's it's Donald. It's a short list. It's Aaron yeah. Donald. It's Watt. It's Garrett. Garrett. It's Parsons. Parsons. Parsons uh, is really good. Yeah, and we'll bring him up later because I also yeah. have thoughts about that. That'll that'll weave in, but <clears throat> um, so uh, but it's a very short list of like guys mm-hmm. that when you take them off, everything changes. So you no longer have Absolutely. the slide protection. You no longer mm-hmm. have like that threat. And against the Bengals, week one, before he went out, he was tearing him. Uh, he had that sequence where he went sack and then. Second down play, and then third down play, he jumped up and made the pick. And it was like, mm-hmm. I've never seen a guy impact a game. Oh, yeah, he is. Like, boom, boom, boom. Like, like that instantly and that rapidly. Um, And so I knew losing him now, he's not going to be out for the season. As of now, he's not out for the season. He's still right, hoping to come back. And They're- how effective will he be uh, when he does come back? That's yes. the real question. Yeah, and so I-, I commend him for not wanting to be out for the season. Right. Like, and-, and I give him props for trying to give it a go. Will yeah. he actually be effective, and will he re-aggravate something? Yeah. That's a that's a different story. Yeah. And so look, I- I- I'll say it, and-, and I'll say it like I, I-, I said it. I said yeah. it. For anybody that couldn't figure out it, he he's the best defender in the league. Is is what Ryan was better than Miles Garrett. There, I said it. I mean, he's just, and it's not to take away from Garrett, but it kind of is because TJ's just he's insane. Like what he does is no, you're you're absolutely right. Yeah, he he impacts the game in so many different ways, not just as a pass rusher. That like it's wild to me. He bats down passes constantly. Yeah, gets no, interceptions. He's so good. And I can't tell you about well, it won't matter tomorrow. But not having having a quarterback who's tall, taller than six one that doesn't get mm-hmm. passes batted down every like other pass is wonderful. Yes, because yeah, I can't tell how many times Watts batted down a, a Baker pass. Yeah, so having him out is not good, and we saw it against the Patriots. Like the pass rush wasn't the same. Now the Patriots' offense isn't great, and they we no. we were still able to hold them to like seventeen points. So you know, not having Watson. Um, has shown that, and I I don't know what to take from the last game against the Jets because the uh like the defense there was not great either. Um, so no, the Jets I, defense was not no. The Browns offense, Brissett was much better than he was week one. He did look. He didn't make okay with the exception of his last pass. He did throw an interception. That was you know you're in desperation mode there. You're trying to get into whatever field goal range you came with. They might have one timeout. I was I was at work, so I, I didn't get to witness this meltdown live, which is probably better for me because mm-hmm. I refuse to watch the highlights. But yes, Brissett, look, he was efficient. They're not gonna. Brissett has one job. His job is to not make mistakes. Mm-hmm. His job is don't take sacks, don't turn the ball over, just make the easy throw. So a lot of dinking and we're not gonna do a lot of dinking and dunking. They're gonna rely on their run game of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and um. Brought up Nick Chubb, and I asked you this before, and I want to get your opinion now. So, because I was watching the game, um, on my at the end of the game, I, I was on my last break at work, and I saw that on a third and seven that they completed a screen pass to Cream Hunt, which got them a first down. Jets were out of timeout, so that was pretty. They, they still had a two minute warning to go, but I'm like, all right, that's pretty much the ball game. And then I see Chubb scores, 
they missed the extra point, which I'm texting my brother. I'm like, oh, LOL, he missed an extra point. Let's cut Cade York. You know, just mm-hmm. just kidding. Like, who cares? And then just uh, the one thing that you cannot have happen there, which is a blown coverage for a 66-yard touchdown. And not even just that. Like, I mean, teams, like, at that point, it's considered garbage time. You kind of take your foot. You drop your guys back in coverage. You mm-hmm. rush for You're just – they have no talent. So you're just going to try to let them pick up yards. If you can't stop them, just take as much time. So, let's say – if they were to score the touchdown there and there was, like, 22 seconds left, like, it's fine. Like, yeah. you know, that, the Jets' chance of coming back was not, you know, going to happen. But the fact that they scored on two plays and then not just recover an onside kick and they were able to drive down and score and take the lead again, it leads you to wonder, well – well, you know, obviously right then and there, the missed extra point kind of comes back to bite you because if he makes it, it's a tie game. Mm-hmm. But it comes brings up this one thing. Should Nick Chubb have scored there at the end of the game? Or should they just try to run out the clock? No, I think hindsight is twenty twenty. I think he it scores. Is. It is. I think he scores every time. Because here's the thing. You you don't know your kicker's going to miss the extra point, number one. Right. So, and and a 14-point game with two minutes left or less than two minutes left, left is – at any other time period, it's a death sentence. It's yeah. the, the game's over. Absolutely. So, I I am very much on the on the the, the side of I I don't think he could have been wrong either way. No. Like no. I I think this one out of uh like 350 time that Like how often does, does that actually happen where a team is able to be down two scores or less than two minutes and actually score? Like it's like we've seen it happen in the past and this yes. isn't the last time it'll ever happen, but the odds of that happening just are very low. Yes. And I don't I love Nick Chubb. And Nick Chubb is a leader because he apologized for, you know, he's, oh, I should have went down and scored. I'm like, you don't need to apologize. That's on your defense. Like, there is no extended excuse that you cannot at least hold a team, mm-hmm. like when you're up two scores with less than two minutes and when they have zero timeout. Yeah. No. I'm getting I, aggravated, if you can tell. No, just, I, I, have, I have no issue, and I, I would have – I would have no issue either with him scoring as a Browns fan. Like, yeah. that's – and – it was a perfect storm. You're almost storm. icing the game, kind yeah. of. It's like it was, it was a perfect storm of missing the extra point and then blown right. coverage, and then your hand team doesn't get the ball, and then they allow the Jets to come back down the field and score again. Like for those things to happen sequentially within like a, a minute thirty second time period mm-hmm. is astronomical. So yeah, there's no no like nobody's think nobody's thinking about what if the Jets tie the game here because. Two years ago against the Texans, Nick Chubb got a first down on the third down mm-hmm. with like a minute to go. He was breaking down the sideline. I think you remember this because he yes, ran out of bounds on the yard line. He pissed off a bunch of gamblers because if he would have scored, the Browns would have covered. Uh, hit the spread because yeah, they, they were plus yeah. four. Yeah, they would have covered. They were up. They were up I, three. They would have covered. And I remember people were debating right there, and I'm, I'm like, he did the right thing there. And it's yeah. If you watch the play, it would have been really hard for Nick Chubb to like. It's easier said when you're, you know, you're sitting and watching when a guy's running full speed. Like, how hard would him to be like, he's running full speed. Oh, I got to stop myself and not score. Yeah. You know, sort of thing. And yeah, like he should have scored there. Like no. that should have been icing. That should have been icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. And it's just, that's on the defense. That's two weeks in a row. They've had a blown play in the last however many minutes. Gives up a long touchdown pass when they're up uh, two scores. Happened mm-hmm. week one against Carolina. Um, and then happened this past week yeah and yeah that's nick chubb did the right thing he yeah. and, and i know kevin stefanski tried to be accountable of himself and he by saying i should have told jacoby don't score and i'm like in that situation you're not thinking of 
that's that scenario is going to happen mm-hmm. because like you you know like we just said how often does that actually happen yeah yeah no that's just coach speak of put it back on me kind of thing and yeah so you, you, I, you don't want to you don't want to place the blame on on yeah that's a coordinator for blowing a you know a six a 66 yard touch and the Corey davis was wide open like mm-hmm. yeah so i don't i think that and then we'll get off Brown Steelers because again yeah. we, we said we weren't going to cover a lot of Brown Steelers, but I will say this: that game might end like ten to seven. Like this that's might g- be your stereotypical AFC North smash mouth football. It'll be a it'll be a rock fight. Because honestly, I, I know we didn't want to preview the game. Both teams are similarly built mm-hmm. to where you have Steelers don't have a great O line, do they? Not great, better than last year. All right. Because but not both great. of them have a great they're great running teams. You got Najee, we got Chubb and Hunt. Um, some you guys probably have a better receiving core top to bottom. Mm-hmm. I think we might have the best receiver, uh, Amari Cooper, mm-hmm. but you guys are probably better, you know, all the way Deontay, through Deontay John, yeah, all Deontay Johnston, uh, Chase Claypool, George Pickens are probably a better trio than Cooper, Peoples Jones, mm-hmm. and Anthony Schwartz, yeah, per se. And I would say that the defense would be the strength for both teams. I mean. The Browns' defense, besides with the exception of these defensive breakdowns near the end of the games, have been actually pretty good for mm-hmm. the most part. Probably not as good as what I was expecting them to play against the Jets, but they're both very, the quarterback is um, the question mark. Yeah. And for the Browns and Steelers, it's there two different things. Brissett's only starting because Watson's suspended. Mm-hmm. Trubisky's kind of just your bridge quarterback because Kenny Pickett may just not be ready yet. Yeah. Yeah, and – and I think too, and a lot of fans are calling for Kenny. And oh, I, I've seen all that on yeah. su- on Sunday when you're like emotional and you're in the heat of it, and you kind of oh, yeah. think like you think like, okay, yeah, maybe they should put him in, maybe they shouldn't. But you also have to look at it as this: is once Tomlin makes that decision, there's no going back. Oh, absolutely. Once once well, he puts Pickett out, that's it. Like the worst thing you can do to a rookie quarterback is bench him. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I I'm fine with it right now, and I think Mitch too. I don't know. It's a little bit of a cat and mouse right now where Pickens said that he wants him to throw the ball downfield and Mitch is saying he wants to throw the ball down the ball downfield, but he doesn't have the full freedom. And Canada is saying that they're just playing within the confines of the offense. So it's kind of like this weird dynamic of like I saw Pickens' quote of saying that he's claims he's been open ninety percent of the time. And I'm like, yeah. Well, what receiver doesn't think that? You know, yes. he's not getting the ball. Yeah. So I don't know if they take more shots. I don't know if they do that. Well, uh, if you were to watch the, the – if they didn't watch the end of this last uh, Browns game, they should mm-hmm. say, why don't we take shots downfield because they've had some well, communication issues. And a couple of the – at the end of the, the Bengals game, when Mitch – it was the offsides in overtime, Mitch rolled out to the left and found Fryermuth like 20, 25 yards downfield, and he threw a perfect ball. It's not like he can't get it downfield. They're just – not throwing it downfield right, like it's right. really weird so i don't know if they're going to try to do that i don't know if more moving pocket more i don't know if right. they don't think that they have the time but mm-hmm. i i think that the only way for the steelers to survive this year is you got to take shots you right. can't you can't be passive you got to just go right no absolutely and i think you know when it comes to the defense i think not having watt plays into the browns favor big time i mean why has – well, Jack Conklin is expected to play tomorrow. So – because mm-hmm. James Hudson, who started the first two games, who was, remember, eaten alive by Watt 
uh, weeks uh, 17 last year, so he won't play. But not having Watt is going to be huge. And last thing I want to mention, because we brought up the quarterback situations are very similar for both teams. Mm-hmm. Who would you give the edge to? Who do you think is the, the better quarterback between Trubisky and Brissett? Ironically, they're both from North Carolina and North Carolina State. Yeah. Unbiased. I give the edge to Trubisky. I, I would say Trubisky too. Uh, completely he unbiased. Started two playoff games. I mean, I don't think Mitch is bad. No. Like, I don't think he's that bad, but I don't think he's good. Like, I don't think he's going to go out and win us games, but he's like Having a, a guy like Trubisky. You're going to get like six to seven wins a year at least. But our offense is just so abysmal. It's just so hard. It's like it's so hard to watch. It's so mm-hmm. difficult to watch because, like, teams pack the box and we don't block the right. run well. And then Najee right. gets hurt, and then we don't throw the ball deep, and we're always in like third and seven, and it's just so painful. It takes me back to like when Watt was in on, on uh, week one. It mm-hmm. takes me back to like the early Ben years where I felt way more comfortable having our defense on the field than I did mm-hmm. having our offense on the field. It was honestly, like, we, we can we can stop them and mm-hmm. make more points than we can just getting the ball and using our offense to get the ball down the field. Because Ben's first couple of years, like, that team was loaded, like you said. His job was to not lose the game, basically. Yes. Yeah. He didn't have to do much. No. Like, they surrounded him with really, really good talent offensively. And they surrounded, Lord. and that defense was just oh. was just stacked with mm-hmm. talent. Oh, like, absolutely. So, I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, my official prediction, I knew, God, dang it, I knew we'd do this. My official I, prediction. I is, know. My you official, want to talk a second. And I know. Get... Uh, my official prediction is, is like 10 to 7. I don't know who wins, but it's going to be low. And, I, I agree with you on that. Yeah. And it could be one of those things where the, the team has got the ball last wins. Yes. And it yeah. makes me nervous because the Browns, their first two weeks, have dominated the majority of the game until the fourth mm-hmm. quarter. Like, and even this game, I thought they took control right at the end. You know, mm-hmm. it's the, right now the the spread. The Browns are favored by four and a half. I think okay. some of that has to do with them being at home. Yeah. Um, and then the over under is thirty eight and a half, which is crazy low for an NFL over under. Yeah. You're used to seeing high forties, low fifties. So, yeah. like, an NFL over-under that's at 38-and-a-half is a wild, wild uh, thing to have. But By the way, last thing before we move on, mm-hmm. where are you watching the game tomorrow? Uh, in the sanctity of my own home. Okay. I'm so, going to Dave's to watch yeah. it. Uh, so, I'm around nobody. I'm around nobody. Because once I'm somewhere and NFL football's on, I'm public enemy number one every time. <laughs> so, uh, anyway. Anyway, enough on that. Enough on mm-hmm. that. The preview, we said we weren't going to preview. Um, yeah. I brought this up to you earlier. Sticking mm-hmm. with the NFL. The Bills. They are so good. I don't know how teams are going to beat the Bills. Like, obviously, they're not going to go undefeated. No, um, if no. In the NFL, it's just They'll, too hard. Any given Sunday. Like, yes. In the NFL, it's They're going to lose hard. like one to two games to a team that you don't expect them to. It's just, that's just what happens. Every yes. Year. Yeah. So, uh, but if that off, and I think they get a lot of praise for the offense, like as they should. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh their Allen. Their defense is really good. Yeah. Too. Their defense is insane. And they don't even have uh, Tredavious White in there yet. Yeah. 
Like he, and I didn't realize they were as good as they were until like the season started. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, they have Von Miller. Um, their defensive line was already pretty solid b- before him with Ed Oliver. Um, who else do they have? They have that big dude now in the middle. He's like number 96 or something like that. I know that. Who you're talking about. He's massive. And they had the Russo guy who they were rookie last year was pretty solid. Mm-hmm. And the linebackers, they got Matt Milano, who's he had a pick six uh, the other night. Mm-hmm. And then Trey Mo- Tremaine Edwards, the uh, yes, his brothers uh, will play for the Steelers. Yeah, is it uh, it, um, Trayvon Edwards? Edmonds, 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 Edmonds. Why I say Edwards? Yeah. Um, and their secondary is really they might have the best safety duo in the league with Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. Who? Yeah, Micah Hyde, or not Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, former Brown, who was kind of just a backup slash special teamer and. He didn't wasn't a starter till his last year, and then mm-hmm. signs with Buffalo and boom, yeah, takes off, yeah. And then so, they have why? Who who's their other corner? Um, mm-hmm. I don't who their other corner is besides no White, idea who's healthy. But yeah, their sec their defense is real. They get overshadowed by the offense and Josh yeah. Allen, their receiving core. Dawson Knox is a great tight, probably a really underrated tight end in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, and if they could just have a consistent run game. Like, which they look like they've they've done better about that. Mm -hmm. Um, Allen is one of those guys. I put him in the same category as, as like a, um, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Like talent that is so good, it's going to take the team further than they could ever deem possible because he can do everything. He can move with the ball. He sees downfield. He throws it far. Right. Accurate. The only issue with him is he's. Can be a little reckless at times. Yes, and he take he, he's a big guy because he, he likes to run around, but he takes one too many hits. And if you take the wrong big hit in this, like like look, you're a court. You know he's one big hit away from. But we talk about how great Buffalo is to them, kind of their season being like yes over. Yeah, I mean Case Keenum is very solid, solid, but he's not going to take you to the top. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and and so. They're just, they're, I mean, what they've done to open up the season uh, when oh, they were absolutely. playing when like, they were playing the Rams, the Rams. Yeah, yeah. the Ram, that game was never even like no. you can say it was close. It wasn't close. Like the Bills never made the Bills offensively were moving the ball at will, and they were just kind of getting in their own way, throwing yeah. uh, through the pick, fumbles, interceptions. Fumbles, yes. Um. So like they just kind of, and in the second half they just didn't make those mistakes anymore. No. Um. The Titans aren't a bad team either, I don't think. No, and they're really well coached with Vrabel. Like, yeah. Vrabel is a really good coach. Yeah. Um, and it was the same kind of story where they, for the majority of the game, just looked like they couldn't be stopped. Like there was nothing that they could that the Titans could do to stop that offense from moving. I'm gonna bring this up before the game. Do you know who the Buffalo had on the field to hype up the crowd? Who? Marv Levy. Do you know who Marv Levy is? No. He was their coach in like the eight. Their coach when they lost four Super Bowls. Oh, okay. Great. The dude's ninety-seven years old. I would run through a brick. I would have, <laughs> and I read this about players loved him. Mm-hmm. He he had to say because they, they had him hype up the crowd where he would say before every game would be, "Where would you rather be? Where else would you rather be than right here, right now?" And then when he said that, the whole stadium goes right here. Right now, Jim Kelly's behind him doing the same thing. That's awesome. There's this, yeah. There's this clip of him. So, you ever watch like the old NFL film stuff? 
Uh, not a ton, no. Okay. There's this thing, because I have this on DVD. Shout out to my Uncle Mickey for getting it for me mm-hmm. when I was, like, 10. So, like, football follies, where it's, like, the best of, like, players, coaches mic'd up. There's a couple of them screaming, get that damn ball. Get mm-hmm. that damn ball. Fires me up. Mm-hmm. Just. I love it. I love it. Like, Dude, those old school coaches that could just get yeah. dudes going, that was kind of the name of the game. Yeah. And I, I was just looking things up about him on YouTube, and, like, uh, players loved him. Like, there was a Bills player, Vincent, who, who had a clause in his contract that as long as he was the head coach, he wanted to be in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Like, That's awesome. They, they loved the guy. Yeah. So that that already probably got the crowd just fired yeah. up in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and Buffalo is just – a Super Bowl when he, with him alive. Yes. Buffalo just – He deserves it. They're a great sports city. Oh, absolutely. Like, Buffalo's absolutely. awesome. But the Bills, I just don't – like, <clears throat> they're kind of in rarefied air right now. Mm-hmm. Um. Like you could say the the I mean the uh it's crazy they have to play a game on a Sunday <laughs> for yeah. week three that's that that is weird the um the Chiefs don't look bad either like the like everybody thought the Chiefs were gonna have some kind of crazy drop off I think not having Tyreek these first two weeks is actually kind of no, they're not better because you don't lose a guy like that and you get better but like no, we, no. weirdly enough like not having him has made Mahomes have to be like what they wanted him to be last year. And he spreads the ball more. Yes. And so they become more unpredictable on where it's going. Right. And they replaced Tyreek with uh, two different guys. Sort of. They replaced him with Juju and with uh, Vantas or Valis Scantling. Yes. Yes. From Green Bay. Who he's like the new deep guy and Juju's your underneath guy. Because we talk about Tyreek's big playability. They threw him a lot of underneath stuff and he would just, could just outrun everybody. And, by the way, he is killing it in Miami, right? Yeah, I was gonna as I as we started talking about him, I did want to bring up Miami real quick. Um, I don't know crazy if crazy game on Sunday too. If it's just having him and Waddle, who are both just crazy fast, um, or if it's I McDaniel's have scheme, two, like teammates have like that crazy yeah. stat line: eleven catches. They both had one hundred seventy plus yards. Yeah, Tua went for like four fifty nine, I think, and six touchdowns. Two like, is two of that guy. Is two of him. Is um, finally the two of that we've uh, been waiting for. When he's got two of the fastest guys on his team, yeah, he is. Yeah. Like I think that that helps just so much. Like I mean, they still can't. They, who's their run? I think they signed Chase. Like, can they run the ball? I think that was that's been re- been really their issue the past few years. They haven't. They don't have a running back. Like yeah, a running. Uh, you know, like and he got you a, can throw su- the ball all you want, but like. <laughs> Running the football is still important. Yeah, no sufficient running game. I don't know, honestly. I don't know enough about him that mm-hmm. I can say that for sure. But, yeah. Um. Now, let's get to the Bengals. Without a doubt, probably the biggest disappointment slash biggest surprise of these first two weeks. Yeah, so. I so, think anybody well, would have guessed they'd be 0-2. No. So, before we get to the Bengals, why don't we why don't we go ahead, take a little break. We'll come back and talk about them. Sound good? That's fair. Because, That's because fair. I, think, I think we want to spend a little bit of time on that. Um, mm-hmm. so good little, good little lead in, good little preview for where we're going. All right. Yes. Cool. All right. Mm-hmm. So, um, we're going to go ahead and take a little, quick little break and we'll be back here in a second. Hey there, everyone. Well, me and Ryan are taking a quick break. Remember to go into whatever app you're, you're using, whether it be Spotify, uh, or Apple podcasts and hit that subscribe button for us. Um, download the episode. Uh, give us a rate, give us a review. It really does help with the show, and we really do appreciate it. Uh, and it goes a long way um, for both of us. So please remember to subscribe. 
Uh, and here we come back to the show. All right, we're back. And as Ryan alluded to before we took a little break, uh, we both have a lot that we kind of want to get off our chest and discuss about the Bengals. Um, so the Bengals coming into this year, a lot of high expectations after making the Super Bowl last year. Okay. Uh, with obvious reason, their wide receiver core is very, very good. Their defense took steps up last year. Um, Joe Burrow, I think it can go without saying. Uh, he is a very, very, very awesome talent for that team. Um, they drop week one to the Steelers at home uh, in a crazy ending to a game um, and then come out against Cooper Rush and the Cowboys this week. Um, and drop another one. Because I don't think if you would have told me like a month ago that the Bengals would have lost to Dallas, I don't think it would have been that. I would have been as shocked, but it's the fact they lost them with Cooper Rush. Yes. And they did not. The Bengals have yet to lead. They have not led at all this year. That's crazy. That is a crazy if stat. You, I did not even know that until a friend of my dad's no. told me. No, that's nuts. Uh, Yeah. And they just. I don't know. So so I'll say this about the Browns because this is kind of how the discussion started with us is they're they're 0-2. Mm-hmm. And, and and again, I don't want this to be a dog pile on the Bengals, not, oh, the the Bengals, not the Browns. Sorry, my bad. I don't want this to be a dog pile on the Bengals mm-hmm. um, at all whatsoever. Uh, we could do a lot of that. <laughs> yes, we could, but I don't want to because as I'm looking, so the, the Bengals by far, their biggest like weak point last year was the offensive line. Um, and it's been their weak point for like two seasons Absolutely. now with, with Burrow. Um, they revamp it. They Pretty spend much, yeah, money. Ever since Burrow's been there, which is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they revamp it. They spend money on it. Uh, and they get some new guys in. And week one, Burrow still is getting hit a ton. And it's like, ooh, okay, is that the Steelers' pass rush or is it this new offensive line? Week two, same thing happens. I think he's been sacked 13 times in the first two weeks. He's on pace to get sacked 110 times this season right now. Um, and so hearing those numbers out loud, now he's not going to get sacked 110 Did you see the clip of him from Sunday during a timeout where he said no empty sets? No, no, I didn't. And then he got sacked the very next play? No, I didn't see that. That's Was it an empty set? No, they had Nixon in the backfield, but he still got sacked. Oh, okay. And look. It's like, what can they do? Because they paid guys. It's not like they didn't try to upgrade the O-line. They went out and got um, the one dude from Tampa Bay, who I can't think what his name is, as their left as their left or right guard. Um, they have um, – I don't know. I can't remember either. You know what I'm talking about, Yes, though. yes. And then they got uh, Karras from New England to be their center. And then they got uh, Lyle Collins from Dallas to be their right tackle. So yeah, they literally which... upgraded the three weakest parts of their line because – Jonah Williams is, I guess, a solid left tackle. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're starting a rookie at left guard. And they're still like – this is. it's like, what else do you want to do? They they invested in the O-line, and they're still not playing up to that. To me, I think that comes down to coaching. Well, I think to me – and so so this is kind of why I wanted to bring it up because, okay. again, this can turn into a dog pile on the Bengals very quickly. But I've, I'm, I'm on record saying – I think Burrow is a really, 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 really good quarterback. Like, as as much as it pains you to say T.J. Watt, best defensive player in the league, it pains me to say that the Bengals quarterback is really good. 
like that hurts me. Um, yeah, it, it took me a long time to kind of admit that a year ago. Yes, yes. So I, I'm going to say this. Week one, Bengals played the Steelers. They played arguably the best defensive pass rusher in the league, right? Yes. That, is a, that is a lot to ask a, a new offensive line unit. Mm-hmm. Week two, they play Micah Parsons, who, again, is a very, very good pass rusher. Really good. Now, the stress that's going to put on an entire unit to shift that way, and then defenses know you're shifting that way, so they're going to scheme you know, blitzes or stunts the other way. I want to see how they respond against a team that might not have a guy like that. Now, if Burrow is still getting hit like crazy amounts with a defensive line or um, a a team that doesn't have an elite pass rusher, that's when I'll be like, okay, maybe he's in real, real trouble. Mm -hmm. But if you look Mm -hmm. at the two, the two like teams they've played to start off, that's not easy. I mean, that's not easy. Now you can make the argument. He's got to get the ball out of his hands faster. He's got chase. They've got to, like, they're not pressing the ball as much this year. They arguably um, have the best, like, trio receivers in the league. Yes. I think oh, yeah. Buffalo's m- might be the only uh, team that can even challenge them, like, weapon, what, like weapons-wise, which I'd still probably take Chase, Higgins, and Boyd over Diggs, Gabriel Davis, and Jamison Crowder. Yeah, like, I would, too. I would too, 100%. So the reason I wanted to bring this and up. Hayden Hurst is a solid tight end that they've picked up. Like, Yeah. The reason I brought that up is, and I wanted to talk about it, is I, I, I don't want, I don't know. I understand the sexy narrative is Bengals offensive line still bad. Mm-hmm. I want to see. And I agree with you on that. Yes. I want to see how they progress the rest of the year, and I want to see what they look like. I don't even know who they play this week. But I want to see what uh, the Jets. The Jets. Jets. The Jets aren't a pushover. No, no. And the Jets have that. Who's that guy from Alabama? They got at the, at the defensive line. Quinn Williams. Yeah, Quinn Williams. So like, if he eats them up, like that, issues are coming. Now, not to say he's bad, but he's not an edge rusher. Like you can kind of double him a little bit easier. Correct. So, Correct. like, I don't know if it continues to be a trend again. Like we see week three that okay, they're not playing an, a, an elite pass rushing guy and he's still being knocked down all the time, mm-hmm. then I think there's cause for worry. I would agree. And does it come down to coaching? Are they just not developing these guys, right? Because I saw some Bengals fan on Twitter point out the fact that the Buccaneers, they lost a couple uh, starters before the season started to injuries and they're still giving Brady a clean pocket. Like, what does that tell you sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. Like that's just something to think about. I'm not saying it's coaching, but it's like the Bengals, they want they addressed the issue. They saw it was an issue. They went out yeah. and they said, we're, we're going to do our best to protect our franchise quarterback. And yeah, it's still the fact that I don't think anybody would have guessed that Burrow would be getting hit this much. I wonder Again. how many times he was sacked at this point in the year last year. Is it more or less or about the same? Like, uh, I think it's got to be more. It's got to be more early on because the, yes. the, the numbers right now are insane. Right. And the worst thing that they can do is just get him, turn him into Andrew Luck, basically, where he's forced to retire early because he just gets kicked. Like the Colts did an awful job building a team around them. And yes, Andrew and I've Luck seen, just got tired of taking the beating. I've seen that a lot where it's like if they're not careful, they're going to luck Burrow. Um, I don't yeah. think they will. I think Burrow's kind of got a different mindset than Luck did. Not that Luck didn't love football, but 
I think Burrow is like he lives, breathes, eats football kind of thing. Um, yeah, he's not Andrew Luck's kind of a. The more I read about him, he's kind of even he, he, kind of a weirdo. He is a weirdo. Ball. A weirdo is a good way to put it. No, he a weirdo is a good way to put it. Um, <laughs> really good at football though. He was really good at yes. football. Um, but anyway, I don't know if you have anything else on the Bengals. I just kind of want to get that off my chest. That I want it on record. I'm not always a hater. I'm just a hater sometimes. <laughs> I so, respect that. Uh, yeah. I I just I don't know. I I'm more. I can't watch football without fair criticism, and it would be unfair for me to say, all right. Just blanket statement, the, the Bengals offensive line sucks without saying, oh, yeah, they went up against the reigning defensive player of the year and the reigning rookie defensive player of the year. Right. Like, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. anyway, uh, anything else on the Bengals? I mean, the last team to make a Super Bowl after starting on two is the 07 Giants. So, All right. is it possible they could still make it back to the Super Bowl? Yes, but – and remember, the season it's a marathon, not a sprint. They still have 15 more games to go. But mm-hmm. their schedule's not easy because, remember, they now have the targets on their back. They're no longer the lovable underdog sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they're yeah. – uh, teams are teams want to beat them. Yeah, you know? no, they're a wanted team at this point. Mm-hmm. So, um, but, uh, Ryan, the only, like, real big, big non-football news right now uh, is happening in New York. Yeah. So it seems like everybody's talking about it. So we might as well as well, might as well as well, might as well as well, might as well as well. Uh, <laughs> Aaron Judge. Now, I think he's at the time we're sitting here on Wednesday. Now he may break the record by the time this comes out. Um, I didn't see yes. that he had hit any uh, no. in their game versus the Pirates. Um, we were we would probably definitely have had updates already, but he has. Yes. Um, so I hadn't seen that he had any against the Pirates. I know he had – by the time we started recording, he had two doubles and uh, I think a ground out. Um, yes. He's sitting at 60 home runs right now. Needs one more to tie. Roger Maris. Two, yeah. The, the uh, What is it, the Yankee record or the AL record? The Yankee and the American League record. Yes. Because as crazy as it is, he's the first American League player to hit uh, – 60 home runs since Roger Maris. Wow. Like the only other guys who have done that have been Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, and Barry Bonds. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So it's a pretty rare feat. I think Sosa's hit 63 different times, which is the most. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Bonds did 73. And then McGuire hit 60 plus twice. So, yeah. yeah. So, it's, um, we're really, really close to that. Uh, and now I'm on record. Don't like the Yankees. Never have, never will. I agree with 110%. Just not a fan, and I'll never be. Um, it is Agreed. cool. To, it's cool to see history happen, especially it because is. he now, we, we've been caught in this before. He does not seem like a steroid guy. No. Um, he He's just a big, I mean, he's he's like the one guy you would not expect to because he's six foot seven. Yeah. Um, well, he's big and he can hit it to that short porch in, in New yeah. York. So like, not to make excuses, if you got it, right. use it. Like it's like the, he's always been a power hitter. Like injuries have kind of affected him a little bit too. But you know he hit fifty three as a rookie. Like, yes. Yeah. Which was so, the record for a rookie. So yeah. Um. So objectively, it's cool to see. Um. Personally, uh, it would be funny to see him not actually break it 
and like stop at 60. That would be funny to me. That, uh, yeah, that would be I, I really agree funny. On that. That'd be that, pretty cool. That would be really funny. Um, anything else on Judge? I mean, he the guy's AL MVP. Guys, right. AL, yeah, the guy's AL MVP. I'm glad you said it, so I didn't have to say it. Um, all right, Ryan, are you ready for your for your two minute warning? The two minute oh, warning. I shouldn't. I shouldn't even say it's it's yours. It's just the two minute warning. All right. So, do you have anything you want to add before I start? Or no, I'm excited for this. You kind of, you kind of teased it a little bit, so I'm ready. All right. So I'm listening to my Ohio State podcast. I love to called the podcast. Yeah. Give it a listen if you haven't already. Um, listening to one of my favorite Ohio State writers, Jeremy Birmingham. They're talking about Wisconsin. That's why Ohio State plays this mm-hmm. week. And Wisconsin has, without a doubt, been arguably the second best team in the Big Ten of the past decade maybe even the past 20 years. They've always seemed to give Ohio State the best games. But they're talking about how their style is almost kind of like run its course where it's like mm-hmm. they're not getting like – they've almost peaked where, you know, Wisconsin, they're the stereotypical – them and Iowa are kind of the two typical Big Ten teams where they're the Midwest, they're power football, more Wisconsin than Iowa. I'll get to Iowa mm-hmm. some later episode when Ohio State plays them. And great defense. But – and they talk about what makes Nick Saban so great is how Nick Saban is willing to adjust, update his offense that matches the style that everybody else is running, where there's so many different coaches. And I think Urban was like this his last year at Ohio State to where they get too stubborn to change. And Paul Chris is a Wisconsin guy. And it's almost like, like there's nobody – he's not going to listen to any outside noise. He's like, this is my style. I'm going to run what mm-hmm. I'm going to run. And yeah, no one's going – no outsider is going to tell me how to run my program. Now – he did bring in Jim Leonard, which really helped elevate their defense. And Jim Leonard's a Wisconsin guy. He's really helped, you know, with their defense. But Wisconsin's issue is, you know, it's easy to say, like, a, a Wisconsin, oh, they need to throw, open it up and throw the ball more. Well, Wisconsin, they can't compete with Ohio State that way. They don't get those guys. Mm-hmm. What, you know, what they're lacking is, see, Ryan Day said this about Graham Murch as their quarterback. He called Graham Mertz the best quarterback Ohio State has faced all year. Now, is that kind of by default? I mean, yes, because I mean, I don't think I think we thought I thought Tyler Buckner would be a little better, but I mean, obviously, it sucks he got hurt. Yeah, not to. I, I know. I think that. I I just don't think he's played enough football yet. But yeah, right. But Graham Mertz was in class of twenty nineteen because he's the highest rated quarterback Wisconsin's ever uh, mm-hmm. got, like based on all the modern recruiting rankings. He was Ryan Day's number one guy. Like, he was at the top of their – that was the guy who Ryan Day wanted, and Wisconsin beat out Ohio State for him, mm-hmm. like, which is crazy to think about. But I just think that, you know, Wisconsin, they need, like, recruiting-wise, like, especially when it comes to wide receivers, like, in the past to where they've always been able to get, like, um, you know, you load up the box, I and mean, they, they have one or two, like, speed guys on the outside who can beat you over the top kind of mm-hmm. when you least expect it, like, who are typically Ohio guys. Like, their best receiver – Right now is Marcus Allen, the North yeah. Mon kid. You know, you know all yes. about him. I've 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 seen him before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it's just like, will Paul Chris finally? Because remember, they came in second. They almost landed Caleb Williams mm-hmm. this off season. Like, what will it take for Wisconsin to kind of eventually take that next step if they possibly can? Because. It's almost like their current style has kind of hit its peak sort of thing where they're not going to get any better than like a nine-win team sort of thing. Yeah. No, I think that uh, 
well, and that's the, that's the thing. It's like when when college football, when with all these changes to the conference realignment, all that kind of stuff, it's taking away from the stylistic play yeah. of, of certain areas. And mm-hmm. besides the Buckeyes, like the stylistic play of the Big Ten is very punch you in the mouth, slow mm-hmm. grit and grind football. Um, I did come back to a by the Ohio State though last year. Well, it, Michigan, but. 95% of the time, the Buckeyes rise above it because they have the better Correct. players and their scheme right. is just works well enough that mm-hmm. they can out, they can out athlete you. Yes. Um, and so I, I don't, I, I like the Wisconsin Ohio state game always seems like on paper it's close and then it never is. Right. So I, Wisconsin, they've really fought Ohio state hard. Like, They've hit them in the mouth before. Now, it's been a while since they've beaten Ohio State, but they've given them some really good games, like 2019. Like, they gave Ohio State everything they could handle in the Big Ten Championship. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just hard for them. And, you know, Ohio State had, in this on their current team, they were freshmen. They beat out Wisconsin for an offensive lineman from the state of Wisconsin. Five years ago, they weren't getting that guy. Yes. And actually, they might be getting another guy like that. The number one player in the state of Wisconsin is a lineman. He's visiting – Ohio State this weekend, ironically, mm-hmm. for the second time. He wow. was at the Notre Dame game. So, yeah, it's almost like as Wisconsin, do I need to come up with something new? New to in, in this NIL era, are they able to attract more guys now? Yes. Where they're like, maybe we can try to, we can get that quarterback, maybe get some more athletes on the outside that can help complement our run game, sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's all, it's all about getting guys in. That's what mm-hmm. the game's about. It's all about getting guys in. But, uh, all right, Ryan, before we sign off here, as you were talking, this came to my brain. I don't want any elaboration on it whatsoever. I just want your gut feeling. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Percentage chance Urban Myers the next head coach at Nebraska. Oh, man. I've already been reading a ton of stuff about that. <sighs> Apparently, they've already reached out to him, too. So, give your percentage. Out of 100. That's tough. Um, I'm going to go 30. 30%. I, I don't think it's as high as other people think it is either. Because Urban's 58. His style is kind of – he he kind of hits – I think teams have – coaches have kind of figured him out. He's not the same guy. Like, his offense isn't just that much better than everybody. Like, it was, mm-hmm. like, uh, 10, 10 years ago when they, they hired him because, you know, like we brought up – Urban's first three years, he was great. He was innovative. He was open to try new things. But – after they won the national titles, he just got kind of complacent. Like mm-hmm. he starts hiring his friends, yeah, to be you know coaches. Where you have Zach Smith on your staff when you have Brian Hardlines just waiting in the back room, basically, mm-hmm. like yeah. as a graduate assistant. Like, mm-hmm. um, and then you know his because he even said he was not a big fan of the transfer portal. To where if he would have been head coach, Tate Martell is probably Ohio State starter in twenty nineteen. Yeah, like I just think Urban's style is just kind of like past him he was just too stubborn to change yeah yeah um i i'm gonna give it low low chance as well my thought is it's a big 10 team that's to what, yeah, what it comes down to i just can't see him wanting to beat like up against ohio state and, yeah no and, if if it's if it was a if, it, if they were still in the big 12 i would say there's more of a chance with it being in the big them being in the big 10 i don't think there's any chance right i should say Who any chance you? I should Who not do say anything. They should get. They'll get. If um, I've read some things where Matt Campbell's their number one, their top guy. 
Yeah, if Campbell wants to leave, it might be Matt Rule. I don't think Rule's going to stay in Carolina. I've seen um, Bill O'Brien as another candidate too. Yeah, yeah. I would. I if I'm a if I'm a college though, I don't hire Bill O'Brien after what he did to Penn State. He was there for a year and then dipped for the NFL. Yeah. Like I just wouldn't. I don't know. I wouldn't put stock in him. Kind of thing. Yeah, but I did read some things about how he did. He was a key factor in helping almost save the program after what happened with Paterno. Yeah, yeah. Like, he did some good things. Obviously, he dipped early, but mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know. Just some, just something to keep an eye on. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Nebraska is one of those jobs where they have a huge brand, but they've been down for so long. Like, mm-hmm. I think, you know – Bo Pelini was not a bad coach. Like they want nine games was the least amount he won in his time there, but he wasn't, uh, he just wasn't well liked or he wasn't, I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Then they hired Mike Riley, you know, they went with the nice guy and him. And then nobody thought Scott Frost would be this bad. No, no, no. And it's cra- he was the high, high, high. I remember Florida wanted him. Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause he was at UCF. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he he might have he might have only taken this Nebraska job because that, that was his alma mater where he won a national title. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's I don't know it's it's going to be tough with to bring Nebraska back. I mean, and honestly, Scott Frost may have been fired two years ago if he wasn't a Nebraska guy. Yeah, wasn't an alum. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, all right, Ryan, this was awesome. Um, I'm glad we could get this done early because I don't want to talk to you on Thursday. So absolutely, we will not be texting during the game. No, no, unless it's, I wouldn't say not at all, but um, it's not going to be friendly. I agree. <laughs> all right, all right, uh, everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, remember, please download, rate, review, subscribe, do all of those things, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening, y'all.